Um, I will tell you, I have I have a very I, I don't have the I don't have a high tolerance for bagpipes. Okay, we've talked about this in the past. I, I do not I do not have a high tolerance for, for the bagpiping. Isn't that like your argument against corn? Isn't it whenever like corn gets brought up? That's why you're like no. I actually do like corn. It's fieldy that made me hate. Okay. I kind of hate corn. <laughs> okay. But and they do it. They they definitely work the bagpiping to their advantage. Like I understand. Like it doesn't necessarily ruin that moment in corn. But if dudes are just standing around, I'm not going to call them skirts and kilts and making really loud noises with those things like right in front of me. Yeah, I don't love that. I'm not the biggest fan of that. But the food's great. It's you know, you know what I mean. Do the, do the corned beef sandwiches, dude. Your boy loves that whiskey, Irish whiskey. I love it. Now, can I ask this question? Yeah. Are we appropriating Irish culture tomorrow? I mean, that's what we're doing, right? Um, I mean, that's definitely what we would be called if we were doing this for Cinco de Mayo, right? If we're appropriating the Mexican culture. Um, I think it kind of depends, at least in my opinion. Now, some people probably feel differently than me. Um, you know, I, I don't know if 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 the celebration of is necessarily appropriation. You know what I mean? I don't know if necessarily... Well, I mean, there's a woman out there now saying that Bruno Mars is appropriating black culture. Well, and if we look at the worst cases, I mean, like, that's the thing. Is there some people who feel differently than me? If you ask me, no, I, I understand that there's well, a difference. I mean, aren't we basically saying that the Irish, all they do is get hammered drunk? I mean, that's essentially what we're saying. Um, I mean... I mean, it's a negative stereotype for sure. But isn't that isn't that a part of... Celebrations. I mean, I don't know if it's exclusive to St. Patrick's Day. Cinco de Mayo drinking holiday as well. The difference there, though, is that the Irish do own it. Like, they don't mind it. Like, they kind of like it. They're like, yeah, that's our heritage. We get drunk a lot. Like, they don't fight it. Like, they're not out there trying to go, no, this isn't who we are. They like, they kind of wrap their arms around it, which I think makes it very, very different. Why do you think there's no uh, corresponding Italian holiday? Why is there no Russian holiday? Why is, it, why is it St. Patrick's Day is kind of the one that caught on? Well, I mean, St. Patrick's Day is kind of the Italian holiday. St. Patrick was Italian. So, I mean, there's kind of that. Um, I, uh... But nobody, I mean, nobody counts that. No, nobody counts that. I, uh, nobody knows that. I, um... I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, we get the Italian feast. I don't know why they do that. Yeah, but that's, I mean, that's a local thing. That's not, that's not like a nationwide where St. Patrick's Day is a thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I don't know. There are certain places that, I mean, have you ever been to Chicago for it? Huge. I mean, mean, it's massive. I went there one year. Obviously, the more Irish population you have. You know, the more of the celebration there's going to be there. But, I mean, it's, you know, St. Patrick's Day is a thing where it's like, you know, the feast is just a just Northeast Ohio thing. I've been to Boston for it, too. That was really good. That was a good time. I actually saw Aerosmith in, like, some local bar there. They showed up, and they, they play under some pseudo name. And uh, this was years ago. God, that was probably 25 years ago. Now. But that was, uh, that was a really good weekend for St. Patrick's Day. But I do have a low tolerance for the bagpiping. But the food's great, man. The beer's good. Man. The whiskey's good. The appropriating the culture's good. I like it. I like it. Good on the Irish, dude, for not being sissies about it. And just being like, yeah, you know what? This is who we are. I mean, good on you. I like it. There's not a lot of... As a matter of fact, wasn't that part of the movie The Departed? Where, like, Matt Damon, who's moving, by the way, they say... Um, 
where that like he tells that therapist like dude like you, you can't work your this magic on us like this isn't who we are we don't we're, we're not the feel sorry for ourselves people I mean I thought that was pretty much the whole part of, I mean there's something about their culture like that where they're just not sissified that's why one of the reasons why Notre Dame doesn't have to change their logo either they're like yeah dude we kind of like this like we like the fact that this is our representation it's kind of nice to not have to be like oh okay yeah now we got to tiptoe around dance around you isn't it isn't it at least partially because like Notre Dame's an Irish institution? Like it's not something that's held them down. You know what I mean? Like that stereotype well, of Notre I mean, Dame. Well, I mean to pretend that Chief Wahoo held anybody down would be wildly ridiculous. But the negative connotations of like the negative did stereotypes what? of did what? What did Chief Wahoo do? But make people feel differently. You, like I'm not saying Chief Wahoo. Ah, dude, the stuff that with the Irish makes them feel differently. You tell them they get hammered, drunk, and fight in streets. That's not going to make them feel differently. This can you is a tell, very loose argument. Can you tell? Can you tell Irish people? People different than white people. You can tell Native American different than yes. white people. How? Like, how? Um, well, dude, certain Irish people you can definitely tell by their hair. Some Irish people, but a vast majority of American Irish people, you just can't look at them and tell that they're Irish. They look like white people. Well, I mean, that's you calling every group of people white people. That's you throwing people into groups. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, where it'd be somebody else drew those lines. To make the argument that Chief Wahoo, dude, t- show me the person who didn't get to achieve their dream in life. That's the way you're setting it up, though, I'm Phantom. Not, but I'm explaining it to you right now. No, you, first of all, you're not explaining anything to me. I to, to make the argument that I don't understand something that, that that I brought up into the conversation would be ridiculous and obviously a little offensive. You're not explaining anything to me. I'm explaining to you that one group of people have wraps their arms around it and goes, you know what? This is kind of what we are. And another group says, look, we don't love this. That's okay. It's okay. All I'm saying is I do like the fact that I don't have to tiptoe around the Irish a little bit. We all agreed no more Chief Wahoo, except for in the stores, where, where, I, where I guess still turning a profit on selling it doesn't hold people down. The team wearing it holds them down. Making money off of it, still selling it, doesn't. It's a ridiculous thing. Nobody didn't reach the heights of anything they wanted over a logo. It may not be great, it may not represent you in the in the best possible light ever, yes, but it didn't stop you from becoming an, a lawyer or a doctor in this country either. It didn't. I think we all know that. It's nice not to have to tiptoe around people. It's nice. I like that. Passing out $1,000 every single hour on the program, your first shot right now. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword LUCK to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's luck to 200-200. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9, online for EWRQK.com. 7 o'clock, we'll talk to Munch, but before we do, we got some quotes here from Browns head coach Hugh Jackson that I find are interesting, and I'm not necessarily upset by them, um, but I do think that they're interesting. Um, and according to Hugh Jackson, Tyrod Taylor is going to be the starting quarterback. Browns coach Hugh Jackson confirmed at the press conference for the team's new players. This was uh, yesterday. There is no competition. There's, this is the first time I have had a chance to do that. Tyrod Taylor is what is best for the Browns. He's our starting quarterback, and we're excited about that. When was the last time there was no competition? There was no controversy. There was no 
Like, Bernie Kosar. I mean, like, like honest to like, God. Legitimately, I don't think I'm joking, right? Bernie Kosar. Because even when, like, Kelly Holcomb was playing, like, when they were kind of, like, when they could win games occasionally, they were still going back and forth because Kelly was the backup. And he went in. I, I, I mean, it really is sad. I'm sure somebody out there in, in the in listening audience is going to be able to weigh in on this. But, like, there's... I'm pretty sure n- it's Bernie. At no point. Well, Tim Couch, right? Tim Couch. He counts. They knew he was coming in, coming in as the quarterback. I always forget about Tim. So, 99? When was he All done? Right, 04? probably it. 04, I think he was done. Whew. That's that's crazy. 15 years of not knowing who your quarterback is, and finally that's figured out. Um, so, yeah, I'm sure Hugh Jackson does feel really good about that. There were rumors yesterday that the Browns tried to make moves, what, last year to get Tyrod Taylor, and it fell apart And because I guess you kind of wanted him and thinks he's, like, decent. Um, So maybe that's why he's saying this. But, I, I mean, dude, I, I'm excited about Tyrod. All right. As a matter of fact, when they did the press conference yesterday and he showed up and he was wearing a suit, I loved it. Tweeted about it, actually. And I said, I like that. I want my quarterback to be an adult. I like, yeah. my, I like my quarterback to be buttoned up. Yep. He kind of be like, yo, dude, I got this. You can put your faith in me. You know what I mean? And, dude, the suit's dying off. As a guy who never has to wear one, I, I think more people probably shouldn't. I kind of wish, you know what I mean? We could go back to that a little bit. But there's, there's something about that that I, re- you know, that I really, really liked. But he hasn't, I mean, dude, you haven't put him, he hasn't practiced. He hasn't thrown, I mean, he hasn't done anything with you yet. And you're like, yeah, he's it. I will agree with you 100% that I like the suit as well. I saw you tweet that yesterday. And it's like, dude, if you're a receiver and you want to wear chains, fine. Do whatever you want. If you're an offensive lineman and you want to wear a Carhartt hat, do whatever you want. But if do you're it. the quarterback of the team, I, I, I do approve of leadership position, of, of like suiting up in that position. It is a very different thing. Um, As far as him just getting the job, I, I know what you're saying there of like, well, all jobs should be up to debate and it should be a competition. And if somebody comes in, but I like what they're doing there because at this point, who are the quarterbacks that are on the roster still? You got Tyrod Taylor. Mm-hmm. You've got, is Kessler still on, on the roster? I, to be honest with you, I do not know. So so at that point, we have an obvious leader there. And if they're going to bring a rookie in, they're not going to bring another free agent in. You know what I'm saying? They're not going to bring an A.J. McCarron to compete between the two of those guys. I would doubt it. Right. So no, it, this, it, is the, this is the current NFL player that, they're at, that they got. So if they right. bring a rookie in, and what, what Hugh is essentially saying here is that this rookie will not be playing this year because we have Tyrod available to us. I love that. I think that's I think that's great stuff for the Browns. I like it in the regard that you need much like I like the quarterback wearing the suit because it shows me, you know what I mean, that kind of mentality. Right. I like the mentality of you're our guy because that instills in him the confidence to go be the guy. And I believe that those two things can kind of go hand in hand like that. So I like it for that. Um yeah, if this wasn't the Browns, I think I would love it. Yeah. I, I think I think that I think I'm gun shy because of of being smacked around by this team so many times. I think I'm gun shy on it. Yeah, I just at this point there is no competition for the dude. So I, I mean, you, you know that he's going to be your guy. Up or down, I agree that if you get a quarter, if you take a quarterback at one, even four, whatever you do there, if you take a quarterback in this draft, I like the fact if the plan is to not play him all year, I think it's smart. I think it's very, very smart. I think as long as the guy can play, let's, I mean, look at the Aaron Rodgers model. Now, people are going to say Tyrod Taylor isn't Brett Favre. Of course. Okay, right. That's fair. I'll grant you that. However, we now know that part of the reason Brett Favre had to get out of Green Bay is because he was unwilling to show Aaron Rodgers how to be Brett Favre. He didn't want to do it. 
He was not the the mentoring old man. Aaron Rodgers has talked about it multiple times in interviews where there was like this kind of adversarial thing kind of going on between two competitive men. So the model can work no matter if you're being ushered or not. And the Browns certainly aren't at the Packers, and there's a million different differences we can point at to in this in this you know analogy here. But at the end of the day, we've tried to throw rookies out to the Wolves. We've tried the all right, yeah, we well, it. F it. Let's just put them out there. Tim Let's Gouch. just do it. You know what I'm saying? And like how many how many times do you have to see that fail before you decide to do something different? Sixteen I'm, times in a row. I guess so. I guess so. 16 of them in a row, buddy. That's how many. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. You guys hang on. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Show. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Online for WRQK.com. I got the story originally from page six and then the Drudge Report, but now the publicist for Matt Damon squashing rumor saying the actor not moving to Australia. He had said he or the rumor was, according to the Drudge Report, and again, page six, which is normally pretty good about celebrities. Um, and Drudge is normally a little buttoned up. I'm surprised they got this as wrong as they did, if it ends up being that the publicist is telling the truth, saying now Matt Damon not moving to Australia over Donald Trump. And I had tweeted it out yesterday, and I want to clarify why I tweeted it out. It was not to be like, well, screw Matt Damon because my allegiance is to the president. That's not what my, because a lot of people came at me with that. My point was to the people that are like, we're moving because we can't take it anymore. My point to that would be to Matt Damon then would have been, so it's so bad that you have to get out of here. So you're just leaving the rest of us here to die with the ship because you can get off the Titanic. Well, then I want to boycott you for that because you think it's so serious that you're going to leave, but you're leaving me here. At the end of the day, to me, Matt Damon's got, I don't know, $8 billion or whatever or, or whatever. If he has a house in Australia, I can't be shocked. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know why. Dude, if I were a, an A-list celebrity like that. Right. I'm not sure America is where I would live. I mean, Matt Damon, I don't know what his net worth is. Over $100 million, right? I mean, Gene Simmons is worth over $300 million, right. So Matt I got Damon's to imagine got Matt Damon's got some. I mean, dude, he's been the executive producer of some big time movies, right? And you get paid on that. $160 million okay. net worth. So, so he's got enough money to be going around. Infinite amount of money, essentially, to yes. us. Essentially, you know, yes. more, more money than I can comprehend. If he goes and buys a house in Australia, like I'm, I would go buy a house in Australia if he gave me $160 million. I'm just saying I'm not sure America would be my primary place of residence. Right? I, I goes, All right. I'm going to go back to an old Louis Black bit. Who he was like, he used to say, Louis Black used to say all the time, America's the only country where everybody who lives there will tell you how great it is, and yet they've never been anywhere else. Right? You know what I mean? And I think I am one of those people. I think I am blindly, like, uh, have this allegiance to America, and I was raised in an era where if you didn't, if you weren't, like, the ultimate patriot, that you were, like, you were a commie. To an extent, I'm okay with that. Like, there's a line somewhere in the sand for me where it's, like, blind allegiance to anything is going to be a mistake in my eyes, where you just, like, well, yeah, it doesn't matter what happens or what 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 what, what they do. But there is something about it where it's, like, well, it, that's okay. Like, there, it is okay to be a little bit. I, it's never really hurt me with how we feel about the country. You know what I mean? It's never really worked against me. So, yes, I take your point there. But I think that there's part of me where it's, like, if you gave me Matt Damon's money... Is America where I would live? I don't know. Right? Aren't there going to be some fantastic places 
where the weather's probably going to be a little bit better, the scenery might be better, maybe not so many people right next to me. Well, I think what I would probably say there is you can find all those realities within America. I mean, what what is what is it that you can't? Um, and mm. at the very least, dual citizenship. I've been to California. I've been to Florida. There's no way that I'm not. I'm giving up my citizenship of the country. Like that's where it would be for me. Like I said, would I have a house in Australia? Of course I would. Would I have a house other places in the world? Why wouldn't I? I've got 160 like, million dollars. Aren't there places in the in the world where things run better? I, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean, everybody's always telling me, but, right? But isn't that essentially the point of like what you were just saying? Is that like so now you're leaving, and it's not just because of Trump? Well, yeah, it's I'm saying you, you can have... boycott me when I have okay. that money. I have to right. America boycott All away. Right. Stan's That's very a, show. He's dude, done. Make no mistake, I'm taking the money. I'm leaving the rest of you here. Yes, I, uh, I, I, I think, I think to me, there's always going to be that sense of like, well, yeah, I'll go other places. I'm never going to really be home there. Ultimately, what I would want is I would want dual citizenship. I would want to. I would want to live. I would. I, yes. I, I ultimately. Too, there. I think I would rather be a primary citizen of the United States, but maybe I would spend most of my time in my secondary home because I just think there are beautiful places in the world that these people can go to that we can't. That it's like, why do you live here? Wouldn't that beautiful home eventually just turn into the same thing that's happening here, where it's like, I don't know, what am I doing here? What am I? What am I? Why am I in Tuscany for another three months? I've been here for the past, you know, six months. I, I, I'm out of here. I, I just, think. I think that's the thing is once you get into once you get into a list or money, once you get into a hundred plus million dollars that's available to you, I think at that point you kind of just do become a citizen of the world. Like, yeah, you can say like, man, I've got all these different places, and do you really have ownership of any of those homes though? If you're only spending three months there, like is anywhere home at that? I mean, point. you're pretty much Airbnb being your your, your own way life, of, right. yeah, your own life. So I, I mean, don't get me wrong. The, the big picture here, Matt Damon's not moving. You know what I, I'm uh, saying? Like big picture here, but it, it, I, I can't necessarily fault somebody for thinking. You know, I'm surprised none of those people that had all that money that said they were going to move if Trump won didn't move. I'm surprised not one of them. I mean, I know, right, although Johnny Depp did, right? I'm pretty sure didn't. Although he's kind of, dude, he had lived in the France right. in the late 80s, early 90s. Right. So, I mean, that's kind of. Right. I mean, when, you, when, you have, who he is. when you're a celebrity like that, when you have the availability to do that, you've already done it. I mean. I wonder, like, where could you go? It just, you know what it is? Is that it's everything's so hot right now. Like everything's just like everything just feels like a boiling pot on top of a stove right now. And I just would think that if you had $160 million, that there are places in the world that you could go live that it's not that way. Can't you, but once again, can't you build that life here? Like if you want to, I don't think you can. If you want to check out, if you just want to be Matt Damon in your, in your million dollar mansion, in your, you know, sprawling acres of property. I mean, I think you can be that person here. I think it's very easy. Like, dude, all you have to do is just, you know, I mean, a lot of countries in the world got freedom, dude. Like a lot. Sure. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that you have the availability to put your head in the sand over here, just like you'd be able to do it in Bermuda. You know, I mean, what what yeah i suppose and i guess once you're an a-lister you're not getting away from anyone no you go to bermuda and there's going to be people there see that's why i've always said i would rather be filthy rich than famous any day of the week like i'd rather like do make me a powerball winner give me 300 million dollars i'm famous for two weeks and then after that nobody remembers your goddamn name and then there you are and you're just living your life right oh dude to be the best some anonymous dude with a bunch of cash yeah i mean what what, what, outside of fame like i understand there's you know and certainly i think you and i recognize that like getting patted on the back 
feels great. Getting recognized in public, it's awesome. It's nice. But it's not that great. Like well, <laughs> if you gave me a, if you gave me a million dollars, I'm taking that over over not, Canton fame. Dude, we're also not annoying famous. Like dude, like when when you get to be like that, like you can't go anywhere. But if we move it on scale where it's like if 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 you and I are Canton famous and it's like all right, sometimes it's great to get recognized, but sometimes it's like dude, I'm just in Walmart trying to get Which, cough by medicine. the way, leave me alone. We invented Canton famous. That <laughs> wasn't even a goddamn only. option. We created it and then kicked the door open for the other, well, nobody. That <laughs> <laughs> would be Canton famous. So let's say the equivalent to Canton famous is, let's say, $2.5 million, where Matt Damon famous is, is $250 million. You know what I'm saying? There's a moving scale there. Like, I, I just feel like if he gave me the money of option or fame, I'm going to be like, give me that money. Give me that money. How am I not taking it? I would rather. I would rather take less money. Right. Keep, Don't say that on the radio. Our company's keep listening. This job. Well, I can't take any less money to do this job than I already did a couple of years ago. I can't physically. It would be, I mean, dude, it would be impossible. A kid with a halfway decent paper route makes more money than I do. That's why I'm bartending tonight. Damn near sixty, and I'm out there slinging drinks for Michael Schenker. I'm older than he is, for Christ's sake, and I gotta sling drinks for him tonight. I, I literally cannot take any less money, but I would take less money and still work this job. And then, like when I heard me, he goes, "Yeah, dude, you suck. You're out. You know what I mean? Like you're not that Canton famous. You're out." And they threw me out. Then I could live the rest of my life versus take all the fame and a bunch of money and then have to deal with that the rest of my life. You know what I mean? Like like Tiger Woods. Like he played great yesterday, right? He's four shots back now because the guys that played in the afternoon, like you know, sped it up a little bit. But that guy's famous on a level, dude, that no matter where he goes, no matter what he does, the cameras and the snapshots and the this and the this and Tiger, what about the chicks? And what about the DUI? And like, I mean, dude, all that stuff every day for the rest of your life. It's like I have always said, I am, ne- I am never shocked when a TMZ cameraman gets punched. I'm shocked it doesn't happen every single time they pull that camera out. Because, dude, if you followed me around with one of those things all day, every day, sooner or later, dude, I am going to strangle one of those photographers. I don't know how those people deal with that. I really don't. It's a little different for you and I, dude, because the people that approach us really, like, legitimately like the show. A lot of the people that approach, like, an A-list celebrity, they don't, dude, they're just looking to make money off of you and, like, shill you out there, lie about you, spin these rumors about you like you're going to move because of the president so they can make money off of their blog or whatever the hell it is and throw you under the bus. Like, that life would make me absolutely crazy. We'll talk to Mark Munch Bishop, Munch on Sports, on loan from Fox Sports 1350. We'll do that next. Also, you'll get hooked up with $1,000 on Rock 106.9. Hope you boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. We're online at WRQK.com. We do it every Friday morning at 7 o'clock. We talk to my good buddy Mark Munch Bishop on loan from Fox Sports 1350, where you can hear him every day at 3 o'clock everywhere on the free iHeartRadio app as well. Munch, I got to talk to you about Joe Thomas, man. I got to tell you. Let's go. If if you would have told me last year that Joe Thomas was going to retire, and in the same week I would be more optimistic about how the Browns are going to be playing the next year, I would have said you were a liar. But I, but yeah. I, I love the offseason moves, and Joe Thomas is retired. I feel like we're in good shape. I feel like he's maybe pulling out a little early, might miss the boat a little bit. You know what, bro? He's going to miss a few wins this year. But now think about something, all right? I'm going to take you back to last Friday afternoon. Of course, we were together in the morning like we are every Friday along with you and Matt Fantone. And 
as news started coming on while I was on the air on Fox Sports 1350 uh, and more, is that I felt more excited, guys, for the Browns than I did when they were 7-4 and in 2014. But think about this. You don't think John Darcy knows what he's doing? Okay, if you were going young quarterbacks with a new left tackle, that is a disaster. Joe Thomas told them it's been a while now, okay, so they knew what was going on, just got released to us uh, the other day. But here's the bottom line. With a Tyrod Taylor, this is brilliant. He's not top of a list, however. He is a run-first kind of guy, so he's going to know at left tackle that, okay, I'm going to have to slide to my right a little bit more than usual. I may have to run a little bit more than usual. All these pieces came together. But, Danny, you know, talking to Terry Pluto, just got done with it, of course, the great journalist. He said during the season he saw signs in Joe that he never thought about retirement, but never saw Joe show pain like he showed during the season. And, and guys, maybe I had something to do with it because Joe shot me an email asking me, he goes, hey, you know a lot of the guys, Ryan Tucker, Jimmy Lachey used to play for the Redskins. What did they tell you when they pulled the plug? And Lachey pulled it about the same age as Joe. He said, Munch, I might look good. I can't walk up a flight of stairs without stopping. I can't pick up my one-year-old baby some days because my shoulder hurts so badly. And, And Joe started weighing all that, Dan. All right, I uh, I can understand it. Like I get it. I just I feel bad for the guy. He went winless this last year. I think they're probably going to win maybe three, four games this year. He's not going to be there for it. Yeah, and I think that you know, I mean, a knee injury, an elbow injury, not being able to pick up your kids, one thing. But Joe Thomas is being able to walk away, still being able to form a sentence. I'm sure there's a little a little <laughs> sure. bit of that has played a part. Uh, Munch, I look at you as the Northeast Ohio Sports Authority, dude. No question about it. And as a his, <laughs> as a historian of the Thank game, you. where does Joe Thomas land in the list of all time great Cleveland athletes? Where is he in that conversation? You know what? I know he's just a left tackle. However, you're looking at the GOAT, greatest of all time. You know, I've got to put him at least – I know we got a motion right now, okay? But I've got to put him in top ten, if not in the top five, four or five, there's no doubt in my mind, because, you know, it's not a glamorous position. However, when you look at him year after year after year, no penalties, no holds, I mean, pass blocking efficiency uh, there and there. And you look at the greatest left tackles ever to play the team, a Baselli, a Munoz, Thomas, his name is in a come along with the Walter Joneses and people of that ilk. Yeah, so he's up there, my friend, in a big way. Just not sexy being on the line. So Hugh Jackson came out yesterday and said, no matter what, Tyrod Taylor, starting quarterback. You like that move? It- Danny, I do, but you know what, Hugh, don't look stupid early on. Who else is going to be the starter? Kessler <laughs> Hogan? This is Cap- this big Captain Obvious looks like a PhD. Well, he, I mean, he was making the <laughs> argument, though, that even if they draft a guy at one, like let's say they draft Sam Darnold at one, which I'm hoping that they do, that if mm-hmm. they do that, that Tyrod is still your starter. Oh, you, you cannot rush this guy in, and that's why Tyrod was brought in. No, I like Tyrod because he wants to get out the community, too, but he goes, you know, People are saying I came in as a bridge. I'm coming in as a starter. Let it be done. But I guarantee you with a quarterback at one, which they are going to take, that that guy will be the projected starter in 2019. I would imagine so. I know Tyrod Taylor said, I don't want to be a bridge quarterback. I want to bridge this team back to a Super Bowl or to a Super Bowl, which I loved. I like my quarterback talking like that. As a matter of fact, I, I tweeted this out yesterday uh, with Tyrod Taylor. I know you're up against the time munch, but I, he showed up to the press conference in a suit. 
and it's a very small thank thing. you it's a small thing but i like my quarterback to be the adult in the room i i, I want my i i want the quarterback to show leadership i know it's a very very little thing i don't care about the wide receivers or the linemen as much or a running back do what you want but the quarterback is a very different position and i like the grown-up move there with tyrod taylor showing up in the suit yesterday i loved it yeah, I just as soon have on my, you know, uh, my Chuck Taylors and a pair of ripped jeans and a T-shirt. So, so with Tyron, but you're exactly right. Exactly right. Say, all right, much. I know, dude. I know you're doing like five shows. I know you're up against it. I know you're doing like four different morning shows. I got a couple more. I got four more minutes for you, bro. All right. Well, all right. Let's go, dude. Let's talk a little Cavs, buddy. Uh, Dude, how are you? Because what I'm hearing now, I didn't know this, but Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, both hurt. Now I'm hearing now that they might not be a lock to make the NBA Finals. Have I been wrong all season? Are LeBron James and the Cavs going to win the title? Bro, I've told you all along they're going to the Finals. LeBron's coming out and just kind of got that smirk. And he said, you know what? I don't care where we are for game one. No matter whose city, ours or theirs, we're winning it. And then I worry about game two. And, guys, you know I'm not a big James Harden fan because as push comes to shove, he's wearing skirts at night looking in front of himself at a mirror, okay? And the bottom line is this. He has folded every playoff he's been in. Dude, Oklahoma City got rid of him because he folded like a freaking accordion in the playoffs for them. So we'll see what happens down the line. Houston right now in the driver's seat in the West. And you know what? If Houston would have to play Portland, and yes, and part of that equation, I would not guarantee a Houston win. It's a uh, it's it's the NBA's up for grabs this year, and I know a lot of people don't necessarily think that. I feel like Cavaliers versus Warriors four might happen again, but it's not the inevitability yeah. it was that you know that it once was. A big part of that equation is going to be the return of Kevin Love. I feel like I keep hitting this week after week after week, but I don't feel like I can give the Cavs a grade until we see him return out onto the court. Is there any update on what's going on with him? When he'll be ready, and when this is all going to start? You know, when the when the team hopefully starts coming together. Bro, I love you asked me that. I didn't tip you off either. He was He's actually been shooting regularly at the Cleveland Clinic courts. Played a game of horse with someone who bid on it on back for a charity event. Could he go when they come back to town? He certainly could. But right now, no plans to rush. you got to give him a couple weeks at least to get toned up. And guys, do me a favor. I love C.J. McCollum, but those Glen Oak guys can't be beating on the Cavaliers like he did last night. <laughs> hey, right. something else. Who had? To, I will tell you this. You know, Loyola over Miami doesn't shock me too much yesterday in the NCAAs. But, guys, I had Arizona going to my Final Four. How about the Mac? Mac attack with Buffalo. Yeah, that was, I mean, dude, the, you, you know, the NCAA tournament's been a little crazy. A lot of people have picked Arizona. A lot of people did. Yeah, I mean, you're not the only one with a, with a busted bracket right now, Munch. If that makes you feel any better, I'm sitting in the same boat you are, dude. Had him in the final four, and now it's like, well, yes. I can just watch something else. <laughs> and, guys, we got to hit some high school, too, because Saturday there's going to be something insane. St. Vincent, St. Mary against Villa Angelo, St. Joe for the boys. Both of them won state championships last year. Now they're both in the same division. That's going to be crazy. That will be a good one. That's Mark Munch Bishop. Catch him weekdays at 3, Fox Sports 1350. It's Munch on Sports. Buddy, thank you so much, man. We'll talk to you again next Friday. No, you guys are the best, and we're lucky to have you on the air. Yeah, damn right. That's why I love him right there. Right there. I love it. Your shot at $1,000 is right now. Rock (laughs) 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9, online for EWRQK.com. We'll pass out another $1,000 here coming up at 8 o'clock. Also, 9 o'clock, we'll have another $1,000 for you as well. We'll pass out some warrant tickets around 9.30. They're playing on the 23rd at the Hard Rock Roxino. We'll get you into that. 
So an idea you floated as a joke the other day. Yeah. I shouldn't say joke. You were being facetious. And, uh, but sure enough, it's here now. We're out of Dayton, Ohio, an Ohio State lawmaker, Republican, Representative Naraj Antani of Miamisburg. There's a Republican named Naraj Antani? I'm surprised by that. I'm a little, a little surprised by that. I, uh, I, I just, I, I mean, does the, did, did the GOP not know that that was the name? I'm just, I'm just surprised that they, they sanctioned that one. I would say even maybe if they just went by first initial, you know what I'm saying? Like and Antani. Maybe, maybe, sure. maybe then you can get away with it. I was shocked to hear that. But he's calling now for a law in Ohio that would allow high school students the age of 18 or over to be able to carry a gun while in school. Wow. He says, look, I'm not advocating arming high school students but believe those who meet legal requirements should have the option to carry in school. Wow. So you are advocating for arming a high school student. Wow. You can say you're not for it, but this is what you're suggesting we do, which is arm at least some of the high school students. Yeah, when I said this the other day, it was kind of tongue-in-cheek, but at the same time, I, I, I didn't think it was outside of the realm of possibilities. Man, to hear somebody like a lawmaker propose it, not some dude on Facebook, you know what I mean? Because right. that's where I expected it to come from, with somebody who was like, I got the answer right now, let's give kids guns. And like, no, for a lawmaker to say that, jeez. Jeez. That's a bad idea. Now, this is where my arguments for a lot of this stuff get real weak and where a lot of people would be able to argue against me on some of this stuff. Okay. Because I am a pro-gun person, right? right? I have two handguns in my home. Okay. Okay. I believe in your right to own a weapon. And I believe that we should remain and have those rights to own weapons. And so when people say, well, you know, I mean, if, if, you, if you believe more, your guns are, you know, aren't the problem, then how are putting more of them around? It's like we, I would admit that there's some sound logic on the other side against this, but parents, you don't even, you worry about your kid driving their school back, their car to school back and forth every day, right? Because of the texting and driving thing. Right. Like, I just worry that a, a gun in a school, hey, let me see that. Let me hold it. Dude, I just want to hold it. And then next thing, you know what I mean? And next thing you know, there's peer pressure and something bad goes down. It's much like arm the teachers. And we saw two teachers this very week, resource officers in the school, misfiring the weapons and hurting students. It took less than a month for that idea to come back to haunt us. Now, if you want to talk to me about taking police officers and putting them in more in schools and hiring more cops for schools... I'm okay with that. But isn't that what those resource officers were? I mean, weren't essential. I mean, are they? I, that I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think they were They were officers of the law on that school property. Well, then that's, well, then, okay. Well, then, then those two people then should have had a better working knowledge on how to operate a handgun. I, I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to have an example of like one or two things and be like, well, no, we have to totally write the idea off. So, like, I'm not necessarily against the concept of, School administrators or, you know, designated people who, who are going to have guns with them. I don't know. And I'm, I'm, I, I, mean, I guess I'm going to try to for the I'm sake. I'm fine with it. I don't want it to be the teacher. I, 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 I guess for the sake of the conversation, I'm going to try to find out, come up with a, with, a, with a devil's advocate argument here. But like a high schooler with a gun in high school, like not only is there that that level of 
All right, so now you've got peer pressure. Let me hold it. Uh, do we really count on kids to be responsible enough to, you know, to 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 be a gun owner? But at that point, too, like, all right, let's say there is a school shooter in the building, and this is worst-case scenario. How is a first responder, how is an officer of the law supposed to tell the difference between you, you know, the good high school kid with a gun just trying to shoot the bad guy versus the bad guy? It's a good point. How, how on earth am how, I as a cop supposed well, to know that? Not only that. But now you let a student, just because they're over the age of 18, bring a gun into school, how do you know they don't want to be a school shooter? Right. Like right. that's. I mean, that's, I, honestly, I mean, I've never heard an idea worse than this one, I don't think. I mean. <sighs> I'll set mornings at Rock 106.9. Pretty bad. <laughs> Me taking a job at NCX. Like, outside of those two things, dude, like, I can't think of an idea worse than that. Um, I, I guess, you know, you have the right to defend yourself, and I understand that. I just don't I, – I, 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 can't, I, I can't come up with the reason why this is okay. Like, I can't. I, I'm trying to. I'm trying to be, well, this is the other side of it. If we were talking about anything else where we were going to allow part of the student body to do something but not the other half, right? I mean, aren't we in constantly trouble because we won't let girls wrestle? Like, I mean, there's constantly stories like that. So, like, how are we going to allow part of the student body to do something and not the entire student body? As far as far as like high schoolers go, I mean, the senior class is probably a quarter of the school, so there's 25 percent. Depending on where and you go, 18 year old, you're probably not 18. Not every senior's 18. Some of them are going to be 17. Some of them are going to be 19. But somewhere along the line, there's probably 10 percent of the of a high school is 18 years old, if that. Like, if that, so does that make a difference? The fact that 90% of the school would not have the availability to do it. It would just be like you, your senior year. And by the time you turn 18 too, because I mean, let's be real. I didn't turn 18 until halfway through my senior year. I was born in January. Look this up for me. Find out. I I need to know for sure. Without a shadow of a doubt, I need legitimate. Like, how old do you have to be to own a handgun in the state of Ohio? Because if an Ohio lawmaker is suggesting we let 18-year-olds carry a handgun, you have to be 21 to hold it as I'm being... Yeah, I was going to say, no, 18. Okay. Oh, Where are you getting that? Purchase of a handgun. I've got lawcenter.giffords.org. Purchase of a firearm, age of 18. The purchase of a handgun, age of 21. Okay, so that's what I thought. So so is he suggesting we then... Because it doesn't say in the article that I'm reading from WKYC.com. Because I thought it was 21 for a handgun, but it's not necessarily for a shotgun because kids can hunt. And they like you can you can own a rifle. So is he suggesting we let kids bring rifles to a school? Like maybe that's what he's suggesting. Now they're using a handgun in the photo, but again, the news the other day was like, look what an AR fifteen can do, and it was a pump shotgun. How are you gonna carry I mean, are you gonna so you're gonna carry you're gonna open carry a rifle with you through well, the halls? I mean they got shoulder they they got they got shoulder straps. I mean that, so now it's open carry. It's not even like concealed. So like you're gonna have to have your gun sitting there in class. The gun will be it has to be. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't, dude. I'm trying to come up with an argument of why this works, even though I'm the one who originally proposed this. I, I can't. Well, again, I can't make sense. Out you of were this. being facetious about it, like you weren't legitimately saying let's do this. So, as we're talking about 18 year olds here, and we're looking at them as like, all right, you're a responsible gun owner. We trust you to have a gun. Why do you think? School shooters happen in high school primarily. Don't get me wrong. There's some examples of middle schools, but primarily it's a, it's, it's a high school thing. Why doesn't this happen more often on colleges when it comes to 18, 19, 20, 21-year-old? You know what I'm saying? I mean, outside the, of Virginia Tech, 
there's not that much of a difference between 16 and 19. Now, don't get me wrong. There is a difference. There is. And, and by the letter of the law, of course there is. But Depending in, on what you're talking about, there are huge differences for some things, but not necessarily for this would that make that much of a difference. So I take your point there. I, um, that's, an interesting, that's an interesting look into that. I think, because um, God, if you would have asked me, I would have bet college more because your ideology comes more into play. And you can go buy a gun. You know what I mean? At 18, you can go do it. When you're 16, 17, yes, you can illegally get a gun or you can take a gun out of your parents, you know, however these kids end up doing it. But 18 years old, you can go buy a gun at that point. And it's not like bullying's not a thing in college. It's not like peer pressure. It's not like these kids in college don't have the same digital lives that kids in high school do. But for some reason, it's a it's a primarily high school thing between you know, those four years. I wonder if it's partially... I wonder if it's partially that you go to college and you start to become an adult and there are less restrictions on you. So you start to feel more free. See a bigger world. And then, yeah, and it's a little less, do this, do that, stay in this box. If you're never going to be accepted to college, you better pass gym class or you don't graduate. This whole, like... You, you know what I mean? Right. Like, I wonder if it's a little less, you just, you start to become a little bit more your own person. And so some of the stresses of that stuff are, are just not as, I don't know, high on, on you or right. something like that. I, I, don't, I mean, I'm reaching you, for an answer because I don't have it. You grow up a little bit, but like I said, between 16, 17, and 19, there's just not that much difference in my mind. Like I said, legally, yes, and, you know, the, we, we, for some reason or another, 18's the adult line, but like, you'd think, with the popularity, not popularity is maybe not the right term, but the the reoccurring nature of these, you would just think that a, a college, more colleges would 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 be concerned or or be a, be a target here. Why would an Ohio lawmaker suggest something that legally cannot happen? Can't happen. I, Why would that have happened? How did that happen? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, like, dude, you you'd think that this dude before putting an idea like this out, here I would, would have thought a Republican named Naraj was going to be the most <laughs> like the, the, the like the like the weirdest part of this story. No, but you would think that before floating an idea like that, which obviously. This guy knows it's not realistic, I'm sure, but like he wants to look, you know, pro Second Amendment. He wants to look pro gun. But you would think you would you'd run it by other people and be like, "Hey, what do you think of this?" And somewhere along the line, they'd be like, "Uh, dude, not a, not a possibility. Like, not it can't even legally happen at this point." But I don't know. Maybe he just said it. You know what I mean? Like how we sometimes just say stuff on this show. Maybe he was just like, "All right, here it comes." Yeah, the difference there, dude, is that we can't affect people's lives as a, like a lawmaker. Like we cannot. That. It's okay that we just say things sometimes. It's not okay that. See, this is what I'm talking about, dude. Like everybody thinks the president's the problem, and it doesn't help. I will grant you this, but it's this. It's these other little forms of government, these little lawmakers, little pieces here and there that none of us even know their names. We don't even know. And yet this is where all the governing that really matters to anybody gets done. And we don't know any of this stuff that happens. Like, we don't know any of these people. Nobody knows your congress. Dude, 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 most people don't know who their congressman is. Most, dude, if I'm willing to bet if I polled most people, they wouldn't know who their mayor was. I would agree with you 100%. I would agree with you. Like, that's, I mean, so when you think about it, it's like, dude, we're all bitching back and forth about all this stuff. And yet the things that matter to you, the things that will affect your daily life, we don't pay attention to. It's very weird, our political appetite 
in this country and how much we have of it versus and where we apply it versus where it should be. Oh, yeah. I know everything about the federal government. Who's your city council person? I don't know. I have no clue. I don't know. Hannah's telling us that it's because she believes that most kids in college have more resources for mental health than high school kids. Also, a lot of college campuses are more liberal, so not so much pro-gun. I don't know any real pro-gun high schools. Like I don't right yeah and I mean like y- yes you can you can we can go on the stereotype of like and well it's just a liberal com- fest but like well here's the other reason why that uh, that argument doesn't really hold up ultimately because if you come from a pro gun household you're probably not going to a super liberal college but so with that right? being said they're gun free zones then if they're through these liberal these liberal safe havens they're gun free zones where a bunch of you know flower you know hugging hippies are going to be there you would think that makes it a soft target which people always talk about these gun free zones soft target soft target soft target it, but it doesn't happen there. I, I I I don't know if it's a difference in the mentality of the shooter. I don't know if it's, it's education I level. I, I think know. I think it's education level. I think it's definitely part of it. I think there and it, it, you definitely become more. You become more cultured. Is not really the right word, but you're more aware of other people, um, the differences in the human beings, and it might make you a little bit more. Um, sympathetic to somebody else's struggle. Um, you know, normally the higher education level, the less like rigid in your own thoughts you are because you have been shown a couple of times over that some things you thought to be 100% true actually aren't. Um, so I wonder if that's part of it, but it wouldn't, but that wouldn't explain why a freshman in college right. doesn't do it. Right. So, it doesn't. You know, you, it doesn't. freshman, sophomore, you just, I don't know. That is really weird. I wonder if it's partially too. Is it because a college campus is more spread out? But you go into Although those you classes, go into one classroom, kids. there's yeah, there's yeah. 250 kids in there. I mean, you could easily cause a bunch of damage. That's a very interesting question. I wonder why that is. Because outside of Virginia Tech, and I know what was the, the, the there was another one in California. Um, I'm sorry, I, I forget the name of that. Uh, I believe it was a community college where that happened. I, I'm sorry, I, I, I forget where that was. But you're right. Like, there's not a bunch of these. Here's another interesting, uh, you know, look into this that I read yesterday on Facebook. I wish I could remember the woman's name, but she pointed this out. She goes, "Why, when we talk about gun violence in schools, do we always say, well, since Sandy Hook?" She was like, "It's almost like Columbine takes a back seat." I think Sandy Hook will always be the emotional. What do I want to say here? And I think Sandy Hook's different too because that wasn't a student that came in there. You know what I mean? I, so I, I, I think we start moving the lines of like what we view school shootings as because in my mind it's a student perpetrating violence on other students. Sandy Hook a little bit different to me because that's an adult that came in and just started mowing down toddlers. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's so, different. I, I, I think that will always be the emotional. I don't want to say I w- agree. watermark. Columbine is a school shooting. Sandy Hook to me is a shooting that happened in a school. Now I know I'm look. I'm making a distinction that ultimately is really not. I mean, but to me they are different. They yeah, are got, different crimes. You, you have to look at things with with a shade of gray. You have to be able to discern those things. So I don't think you're wrong there. I uh, I think this is interesting. Dan says I think there's far less peer pressure in college. I would agree with that. And you're also taking classes with different people every semester, and you might only have two classes a day. There's less time around them as well. So he's saying maybe then, so you don't necessarily feel maybe towards some so of the trapped. hatred towards the same people that you, especially if you live in a small town, you've probably been in school with these same students since first, or second grade, things like that. That's maybe some of this stuff is 12, 13 years deep. You know what I mean? And it's boiling over. I don't know. That's a very interesting question, though, Fantone, because you're right. I, I, the availability to own a weapon would be greater in your college years than high school. 
and um, there's you're definitely starting to become more into your own and your political thought and your ideology as a college student. That's a very interesting question. I wonder why that is. There's more Sansbury Show for you. It's around the corner next on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9, online for WRQK.com. Before the break, we were talking about how there's a Republican lawmaker in Dayton, Ohio, that wants to uh, allow 18-year-old high school students to carry in school, carry guns in school. And so we took a couple of comments during the break. James Rodin says, I got some points on this on the 18-year-olds open carry in high school. Well, first of all, we found out you do have to be 21 to own a handgun in the state of Ohio. Um, I, I don't know how that escaped that lawmaker, or, or maybe he was suggesting them, uh, you know, carry rifles that we don't know. He says, but me personally, my view is if you have somebody who is mentally unstable or ill and you have armed students that can protect the ones who are not armed, how do you overcome the issue or problem that is presented that harm or threat? The students that are armed will gather and be able to stop that threat or overcome the issue because you have that one problem. You have that one problem and the others facing that problem. I personally, Wow, this I, I'm assuming this was some of this was typing while driving. He's basically making the point that if there's a school shooter, we have armed students that they'll be able to rise up and do the thing. Okay, I maintain that this is true. That you could that certain certain people could go through all the training that in the world, be a total competent gun user. But in the act and could fire at targets, could bullseye you up and down and knock it out of the park. But in the moment of having to point that thing at another human being, even in the face of them being hurt themselves, would freeze and not be able to pull the trigger. Yeah, um, or not pull the trigger, not pull it accurately. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling up a Facebook thing that I saw, but I mean, I think the the relative like success rate when it comes to even officers like trained officers firing in moments like that isn't high it's 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 not you know so now you put it in an 18 year old's hands and it's going to be a lot different i think there's a lot and this is going to sound like i'm being rude and i'm not but i think there's a lot of opinion on facebook right now about people carrying guns in schools that comes from too much movie watching john wayne in it I think there's sure. I think there's too much movie watching that's going on. I don't think it's going to be now all of a sudden it's high noon and two seniors draw out and the kids got full composure during this firing. Are there going to be some kids that can? Absolutely. But I don't think you know who you really are until that situation presents itself. And I think that there's a lot of danger leading up to that that I don't know that, that I think is just too high on the offset chance that one 18-year-old could handle it. What happens in the crossfires is an excellent question. What happens when, uh, the, like I said, the first responders come on scene and they see a high schooler with a gun in an active school shooter? No, no, I'm the good guy. I, I swear I'm the good guy. How is an officer of the law supposed to know what's going on there? Yeah, that, that's a big problem. And, and, and I also think that, like... Like you said, I mean, so what stops an 18-year-old from saying, "No, I brought my re- I brought my gun for because I'm a good guy. I brought it because I'm a good guy." Right. And, and then being the school shooter. And then being the school shooter. Right. That's that's a big problem for me. Now you asked the question why we see this more in high schools versus colleges, and a lot of people had this opinion. I don't know if it's true or not, but a lot of people had this opinion. Multiple people. The reason you don't see shootings in in colleges and you do see it in high school is they. A lot of people believe that the school shooter type doesn't normally make it to college. Has to go to high school. 
feels but, like okay. Now let me tell you. Now maybe I'm believing much like people I think are using too much movie watching in their their opinion on how guns are going to go in schools. Maybe I'm taking too much of a stereotype into a reality here. But isn't a little bit of the component the quiet nerd in the back of the corner? So what I'm saying is I'm not sure it's the mentality that they that they're not smart enough to go. Well, first of all, pretty easy to get accepted into right, to a right, lot right. of colleges in the country. I, I mean, I, I don't think it's necessarily not all Harvard. I don't think it's necessarily the nerd more the outcast. You know what I'm saying? Not necessarily the bookworm more like the weirdo. This is where right terms have been kind of blurred right, right, across right, lines. Right, right. Okay, yeah, there's probably truth in that. Um, no, but I I think there is some validity. There there of like, well, they don't have to go to college, therefore they're not going to go. Um, and I guess, like, I mean, then why don't you see this more? It's, they have to do something with that next step of their I life. I also think there is something, too, that the older you get, your angst starts to release. That there, that there is yeah, part of that hopefully. puberty to, like, senior year where you're just... You're you're just on edge, and there's some anger in you, and there's unresolved things where, it, dude, as you start to get older, and in college, I, I dude, I hate to make it very simple, but dude, aren't you probably getting laid more? And so, aren't you like probably just more relaxed? And it's like, dude, yeah, there's problems in the world, but my girls, dude, my girlfriend's got this amazing thing that she lets me have access to now all the time. I mean, it could be as simple as that. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure much like everything else I'm always saying, which a lot of people tell me I use this too often because it's an excuse not to have an opinion. And I just think you're wrong on that. I just think it's me just not not having my full opinion until I hear more information. But I always say most things in life are complex and they're not going to come down to one issue or they're not going to come down to more often than not. They're not going to come down to one resolution is really what I'm trying to say. People tell me I use that as an umbrella too often, but I just think it's one of those things where I'm not going to be tied to an idea that I don't believe in as of yet. And I just need more information. But I do not believe a senior in high school carrying a gun is the answer. Not right now, I don't. If I if we do it and I see data and this and that, I, I you guys know me. I'll move my opinion when I'm shown when I'm shown truth. I will absolutely move my opinion. But right now, as I said right now, I don't think that's a great idea. Your shot at a thousand dollars is next on Rock 1069. Oh, Rock 1069. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 1069. Another shot at a thousand dollars is coming momentarily. Pass out your next keyword of the day. Get you a thousand dollars richer than you were before. We're hearing now. Um, I'm getting this from ABC Six, I believe, a Columbus ABC affiliate. The Pentagon says all seven service members that were aboard the American helicopter that has crashed in Iraq were killed. Um, they're saying, as of right now, according to this ABC uh, news report, I'm reading that they do not. Early indications show the crash was not caused by hostile fire. Rescue crews are on site. And um, they're saying this was a non-combat mission that they were flying. But a but a, a U.S. service helicopter has gone down in Iraq. And uh, according to ABC News, all seven people on board um, have lost their lives. Sad. Yeah, that is, that is absolutely sad. Um, there's no great way to transition, so let's just do it. <clears throat> um, guys... We're going to take away some man cards, and we're doing it right now. A new study found that 84% of men, 84% of you, still have a favorite stuffed animal. 84% of men. That sounds really high. Really high. 77% of women have one. 
40% of American adults say they still interact with their stuffed animals. <laughs> the poll found 76% of adults consider themselves to be sentimental. 40% of adults still interact with stuffed animals. Now, I would have bet on some women. Because, again, I had an ex-girlfriend who was a little, she'd call it geeky. or You know what I mean? And she like would collect certain things. And so she, you know, there was like... She would have like a stuffed animal, but like she didn't like cuddle it while she was sleeping, though. Yeah, there's a huge difference there. But what's the difference between like collecting like Star Wars toys, which are children's toys? I mean, that's it's what they are, and, and collecting a stuffed animal, which is a children's toy. There, okay. There's not a ton of difference, Dick. I, <laughs> <laughs> um, but again, if you, true or false, if you came to my house and I had a nice. Fine, not nice. If I, <laughs> if I if I had an expensive figure that like that you could tell was like meant for display versus you had an extra key to my house, you came to drop something back off, and there I am on the couch, and I'm sitting there, and I'm and I'm snuggled up on the couch, and I got a stuffed animal under my arm. Cuddling which one's teddy. worse? Um, yes, I I definitely see your point there, and I think maybe a part of the reason why is like. If you have like a Star Wars toy collection, you probably just have a Star Wars collection. You probably have a trash can. You probably have, you know, yes. What I'm saying, like, like, like when, it, and like when it comes to like wrestling, I feel like it's the same way. It's not so much that I have wrestling toys; it's I have a bunch of wrestling stuff. Where it's like, if you have a stuffed animal collection and you're just focused on like, yo, these are my stuffed animals. Why do uh, I feel like pentaflon? I don't know. Something's weird about that. Sixty-six percent of people hold on to sentimental items for themselves. Okay. of Americans still have a stuffed animal from their childhood. Sentimental reasons. If this is the stuffed animal your grandma gave you, you know, when you were, you know, six years old and you're holding on to it because your grandma died and you want to give it to your kids. That's one thing. That's a different thing. That is. That's one thing. That's a wildly different thing. An heirloom. And I know, I mean, heirlooms normally like something valuable, but like a family item passed down is a completely different thing versus you like snugged up with it. Okay. 29% of people have a designated drawer for sentimental. Sentimental items. I don't have one of those. 39% of people store their sentimental items on display throughout their home. I am not an overly sentimental person like that. I have, in times of heartbreak, I like, I once upon a time. Here he goes, heading for the heartbreak. Here we go, baby. All right. Tell us what you did. I could just give you money. You could. could. $1,000 coming up next. I could just do. My boss is like, dude, what are you doing? Just give him the goddamn goddamn keyword. (laughs) What are you doing? So I have, there was a time, there was a couple of these. I'm just a big old softy, I suppose. But there was, all right, so once upon a time, I broke up with this girl, and I did it in, uh, in a rush, and I shouldn't have, and I regretted it. And then I went back and I tried to like make it right. And she was like, no, dude, you made up your mind. We're done. Okay. And I was like, and I, it was like the first time I couldn't get a girl to come back. It was like one of the first ones of those. I was like, oh, I didn't even, so this is what this feels like. This is awful. Right. And she had left some stuff in my shower. Like there was a razor in there and there was some conditioner in there. And dude, it was like a year and a half before I threw it out. Really? Like I just couldn't, it, it's it, there now part of it was lazy. Yeah, but. part of it was lazy for sure, and then the other part of it was like, no, I kind of, I, I kind of like the fact that it's there, kind of uh, like having that there. Oh, I feel like that would make me just all that much more sad, like looking at it every day. That sounds terrible. And then there was another time, and this one wasn't even that long ago, under ten years ago, where um, a woman had left behind some things, and we were done, like we were like legitimately done. 
um, being in different parts of the country were going to cause that. And um, but some of the stuff kind of still smelled like her a little bit, so I kept that for a minute. And then when it ran out of the scent, I was like, "All right, I'm done. Got to get rid of that, <laughs> hey, dude. That can't just be like laying around the apartment." But yeah, so I kind of held on to that. Um, but if you send me a Christmas card, that thing's ripped and in yeah, the trash like before. Yeah. It's uh, like I'm not really. I don't hold on to much. To hold on to everything is sentimental. At that point, nothing is sentimental. I mean, it has to truly be something special from your past. I don't have like a drawer of it, but I have no, like. But you have 15 year old underwear, dude. So I don't think you judging people <laughs> on teddy bears is the right thing to be doing right now. So here is your keyword for your thousand dollars. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword WIN to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's WIN to 200-200. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9, online at WRQK.com. Another $1,000 pass out around 9 o'clock. We'll also send you to see Warrant on the 23rd at the Hard Rock Roxino at 9.30. And we have some charge tickets to pass out before the end of the show as well. A lot of things I have in here. I'm going to be a little distracted from now until the end of the program. I have found a live, uh, a live feed of the Arnold Palmer Classic at Bay Hill. The PGA is, is nice enough to put a live feed on Twitter. I'm actually watching Henrik Stenson live from the from the fairway right now. And, dude, I've always wondered, could I be a golf commentator? Let's find out right now. As Henrik Stenson, 144 yards away from the hole, pulls the 8-iron. Let's see what he does here. Caddy says 8-iron. Big time is just playing in the back of the golf outing now. <laughs> Hello, friends. <laughs> Henrik with the 8-iron. Swings. Ooh. Oh, not good. Hits Not the good. green, finds finds the dance, finds the dance floor. Still plenty of putt left. A lot of green left in that one. This is nice, dude. I'm gonna enjoy this. We got Adam Scott with about 93 yards to the hole now. Second shot. Looks like a sandwich. Looks like a 56 degree there for Adam. There's a decent amount of like dead air in golf announcing, right? It's oh, okay yeah. to have a little buffer yeah. zone, a little like. Oh yeah. Okay. Radio's different in that sense, man. You Just always got to keep going. You keep always going. can't. You can't shut up. Yeah, when you have a tele- when you have a visual product to it to right. help you, it kind of helps there. The Food and Drug Administration. This was announced yesterday, or at least that's when I had heard about it. Is moving to lower the amount of nicotine that is in cigarettes. They are trying to then make them less addictive. FDA Commissioner Dr. Scott Gottlieb said Thursday that the agency would propose a rule to lower nicotine in cigarettes to minimally or non-addictive levels. Gottlieb said that the step could help avoid millions of tobacco-related deaths across the, excuse me, across the country. According to the CDC, Center for Disease Control, 15, excuse me, 15% of U.S. adults still smoke. Wow, that number seems low. I know a ton of people have quit, but that seems low for how many people I still see do it. And tobacco kills more than 480,000 Americans every year. Hashtag enough. Let's march. Um, that seems like a lot of people. Um, I can't believe we're still fighting this war. And by that, I mean, like, dude, why are we making them less addictive? Just stop doing it. Just stop doing it. If they were less addictive, would that be, I mean. Isn't it less addictive only going to prevent people, people who are picking them up versus people who have been doing them forever? 
I mean, we both know about addiction that it's not solely about being addicted to no. the substance itself. No, but it'd probably be a lot easier to get over the habits of like, you know, going to buying the cigarettes, making sure you have a lighter, making sure it'd be easier to get over those like subconscious habits when you didn't have a drug addiction associated with it. Dude, if I'm reading this right, the FDA commissioner also said it results in $300 million a year in health costs and lost worker productivity. I, I, honestly, I would say I'm surprised that number's not higher. $300 million? I Dude, think about how I, I would think that would be smoke breaks alone would be $300 million. I mean, think about, like, we talk about it all the time, like, oh, the March Madness tournament coming up. How much time was wasted? Oh, Black Friday's coming up. How much time was wasted at work? You know, online shopping or whatever. That's fair. Where how much time is wasted at work on cigarette breaks? I mean, countless. Just hours upon hours. Not here. Not a lot of smoke. Not here a lot anymore. of smoke here. You're well, not you're a lot of smoke in your car. You're a lot of smoke in your car. How's that rule going? <laughs> it's going good. Uh, just a pile of palm oil butts sitting outside the front door. There. Yeah, I needed a favor from one of the smokers the other day. The guy I hate. And so like I feel bad throwing him under the bus, even though I just said out loud he's the guy. I hate. He's the guy Fantone hates, dude. All so right, it's, it's totally, it's totally all right. I'm just saying, like, dude, why are we still on this? Like, just stop doing it. I know it sounds easy as a guy who did it. Yeah, I was gonna say, but, but again. But you're looking at it from an individual level versus like a bigger picture level there where it's like, yes, on an individual level, I agree with you, bro. Like, put cigarettes down, quit smoking them. But if you're really looking at it from like, all right, how do we make that happen? You're going to have to make some big moves there. Here's why I'm not sure this works. Because people who vape tell me, well, it it helped me quit smoking. And it's like, yeah, but you're still sucking on that thing. But, I mean, here's now, the thing. Now, there's nicotine in those, right? It, there can be. You can put as much nicotine in there as you want, or you can put as little amount of nicotine in there as you want. I think what a lot of people do is they start off strong nicotine, and then they work their way back so they can start to get rid of the actual drug addiction as opposed to just the habit. However you, know. you get off of it. Uh, I think it's silly, and, and, but however you get gonna off I was going to say, it. and I think that's kind of the thing, is that, like... Is this necessarily the silver bullet, the one end all? This is going to be like the final nail in the coffin? Probably not. But if you make something less addictive, I don't necessarily, I can't push back. Now, Mike, two, two different guys named Mike both tweeted in the same thing, and I think they nailed it. If you make them less addictive, aren't I just smoking more of them to get my fix? If there's less nicotine in them, aren't I just going to more of them to get the nicotine feeling I want? And I would have to agree. They're probably right. And I was going to say, there's going to be some of that. I, I, I mean, you're not going to eliminate everything. But I mean, at what point is it like, you know, well, you know, we've talked about this in the past where it's like, all right, they made this big push to have stop smoking cigarettes and movies, stop smoking t- cigarettes and TV shows. And has it eliminated everything? No. But has it declined the numbers? Yes. So like... At what point? At what point is it like? Well, this is worth the efforts. Anthony says, "I enjoy smoking. I know the risks, but I get what I get for my actions." That's what I always said about smoking too. Like I legitimately did enjoy it. I still do miss it. I was thinking about this last night as I was reading this FDA study, though. Like I'm, I don't miss it as much as I used to. They're not pushing at eliminating cigarettes, right? I mean, they're not saying you can't do it. Uh, Dwayne writing in says less addictive probably helps withdrawal symptoms get less severe. Maybe okay, that may be true, but as a guy who's quit, let me tell you the withdrawal symptoms 
from quitting cigarettes aren't quite what people make them up to be. They're not. You know what it is? It's annoying. It's it's hard. It's a little bit difficult. So instead of doing the hard thing, you fall back and go right back into it. I'm not going to make this with all addictions because a lot of people tell me the willpower argument's too easy for like heroin and some other addictions, but willpower will absolutely get you over cigarette smoking. I did it. You're not going to be able to tell me it doesn't work. It's willpower I use every single day not to do it. You can't tell me willpower doesn't get you up for smoking cigarettes because I did it. So, yes, it does. I didn't use patches. I didn't vape. I didn't do any of the stuff like that. I made a decision for my life, said enough of this, and I put the work in to make sure I don't do it anymore. It comes down to you. I'm not going to apply it to the heroin thing because when you do, people freak out and tell me that you're wrong. So I don't know. I haven't done the science on that. I haven't really quit that even though, yes, I did take opiates for a while and I no longer do. So I don't know. Maybe I'm just a superhuman. Who knows? But willpower of I don't want to do this anymore is more than enough to get you over cigarettes. And the symptoms are you're a little bitchy and you wish you could have one. That's what the withdrawal systems of cigarettes are. People embrace that bitchiness too. Like, oh, dude, hey, I'm quitting smoking cigarettes. Therefore, I can just I'm be I'm going to be a a-hole. bitch for two weeks. Just like, so you know. Okay. Just right. so you know. How it, about no? You're an awful person. You're probably a bitch the rest of the time right. too, even when you had your cigarettes and the rest of us hate you. Maybe that's what it is. There's no, like, with the withdrawals of smoking cigarettes. It's like, you know, this one I'm always talking about. The human being will always look to self-victimize. Oh, my God, so hard. Oh, my God, it's hard. Yes, the right thing in life, more often than not, is difficult. But again, what America does is we take something difficult, and that word then translates to impossible, which, of course, they're not the same thing. Just crush them up and throw them in the garbage can. Or smoke. Do what you want. Do what you want. I, I'm, I don't care. God knows I still do things in my life I should not do. Do plenty of them. One of them I do about six, seven times a day. So, like, you know, whatever. But to pretend like it's so difficult to get off these things. That's hard, yes. But if you put your mind to it, you'll get it done. More Stansberry Show right around the corner on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. I have got to get in on this. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Online for WRQK.com. For those of you that are interested, Henrik Stenson from 180 <laughs> yards out. Fanned it just a little. Hit the green. It's miles away from the hole now. Not sure what uh, what Henrik's going to be able to do from there. We'll keep you abreast of the situation. The entire commercial break stands where he's just making all these little comments. And I'm like, what the hell is this dude talking about over here? What's going on? So I got my two computer <laughs> okay. screens right in front of me. Okay. And then I got my phone like perched up against the wall. And I have my uh, I have my Twitter uh, like feed pulled up. And Twitter's doing like a, a dude, you can watch the golf tournament live via Twitter. And dude, I haven't been able to watch a lot of golf because I'm a cord cutter. So I'll have to start doing it like this now. Tiger doesn't tee off till 108. He's at minus four leader right now at eight under. So he's four strokes back. But yet, like I said, he hasn't teed off yet. You take some uh, sports, you know, franchises, whether it's the PGA or or, or the uh, MLB, I know did this last year. The NFL has been a part of this and the NBA as well. All the big ones. Um, You see them taking back a little bit of the power from the cable companies, from the big deals where it's like, you know what? 
we can get our product out to people now without you guys. And that's why, like, you see, like, a prime example. Thanks, Trump. I mean, a prime a prime example of that is is when you had uh, the Super Bowl, like, broadcast yeah. on online. Yeah. I mean, and, like, what once was, well, God, you got to watch it on TV. It's like, no. As long as you watch it now is the mentality. Like, as long as we get you. Right. We don't care where it comes from. Interested to see what happens there. You just heard a little uh, Avenged Sevenfold. Yeah. I'll let you know that um, M Shadows will be joining the Sansbury Show Monday morning, 9 o'clock. Okay. Talk to M Shadows from Avenged Sevenfold. I'm very interesting right there. I didn't even yeah, know about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Breaking Vince, news. Yeah, set that one up yesterday. Guess who's uh, coming back to town? M Shadows. Yeah, September 9th at Blossom. Okay. We did an internet presale on Facebook yesterday. Reached out to their camp, and M Shadows will be joining us Monday, 9 a.m. Very cool. Yeah, so that'll be good. Very cool. Um, should mention this. Um, Saints and Pelicans owner Tom Benson died at age 90. I believe this was yesterday, Do I, if I have this right. Yes, yesterday. And um, he was 90 years old. You will remember Tom Benson gave $11 million to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and that's why it is now Tom Benson Stadium versus Fawcett, the way you remember. Um, I don't know much about Tom. I'm willing to bet a lot of us don't. Mr. Benson is what I should call him. Um, but... I mean, dude, he did take a big piece of personal money out and lay it down to help better the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And for that, I am grateful because the Pro Football Hall of Fame is like the thing in the community that makes this whole thing go. Yeah, and obviously plays a very important part in Sark County's like economic future there. Um, hats off to Tom Benson. And, 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 you know, obviously, I think that more NFL ownership groups should take a note from him and kind of like, hey, man, this is, you know, the Hall of Fame, because I think a lot of people have a misconception about the Hall of Fame. First and foremost, it's its own separate entity than the NFL. Those are two different businesses. I know a lot of people think that, like, why doesn't the NFL just give him some money? It's not necessarily how it works. But Tom Benson um, obviously thought enough of the Hall of Fame to, to, to give that $11 million, which turned into, you know, what was a huge renovation of the stadium, um, which, by the way, you you, as citizens of Canton, are the people that own that stadium. The city paid $5 million, the state paid $10 million, and the other $135 million that have happened has been through private loan, or it's been through like private funds, have, have been through other avenues. Taxpayers have not paid, for, Canton taxpayers have not paid more than $5 million, nor will they in the future. Yet, yet you own the $150 million essentially space right there that we rent to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I feel like a lot of people are just like, we're paying for all this, and you're paying for literally none of it. This goes back to what we were saying earlier, where everybody pitches about the president has no idea who the mayor is. Right. This is exa- right. That's exa- it goes back to what we were saying earlier about that. You're absolutely right. Dude, I need to get to a Rubber Ducks game this summer. Okay. Listen to this. All right. They are going to honor Joe Thomas with a supersized sandwich. Of course they are, dude. And, Ooh, why wouldn't you? Dude. I have been uh, I have been eating well. I've been dieting. I've been working out. And Which, it's been going really well. A little pat on the back to my buddy over there. I mean, I uh, throughout the four years of this show, there's been plenty of times where Stansbury has gone up and down on the um, diet plan. This is the longest stretch you've seen. Oh, for sure it has. No question. And it's definitely like been the most active of stretches. Um, 
And Which, by the way, I yep. am responsible for this. Linda didn't bring the donuts into the studio, but they are here. Okay. They're, they're in the kitchen. If you okay. want a donut, you'll have to go get it there. I believe she stopped bringing them into the studio because she knows it's she knows. I think she's. I think she's just getting old. And she's like, no, I'm not walking it back to you, son of a bitches anymore. Well, I'm an old see, lady. Dude, she did. She has like a back problem right yeah, now. Yeah, I mean, dude. You makes know, me sad. She, I mean, like, yeah. Like our, our grandma's got issues, dude. Like, there's no question about it. We got to go give her a hug or something. Yeah, just walk up there. She'll put meatballs <laughs> right in your hand. <laughs> but, um, yeah, this is definitely the longest that I've, I've seen in, in, you know, both exercise and diet. So Stansberry's, you know, made made strides. What about this Joe Thomas sandwich has you so like, all right, I got to get number 73 down my throat. Bro, it's huge. It's all right. $10. All right. Well worth it. It features not one, but two browbursts. Okay. Covered in beer cheese sauce, peppers, and onions. Ooh. It'll be sold for $10, $1 for each of Joe Thomas's Pro Bowls. <laughs> That's awesome. Rubber Ducks, well done, dude. Um, I mean, ru- it looks delicious. The Rubber Ducks, certainly not afraid of making noise when it comes to that. Minor League Baseball, in general, I mean, if I, I will give them a tip of the hat. Just it's based, this night. It's that night. They'll it's this swing, night. man. Yeah. They will take the bat off their shoulder, and they will literally swing at anything. Unintended. And um, I, I think, you know, I think other places... Would be would be well served to start doing those food items to start being like those destinations where it's not just like hey you can come watch a seven dollar baseball game it's like nah dude there's more you know Corey Feldman's out there playing a concert and you can get this you know this insane sandwich and you can watch a seven dollar baseball game. I have to apologize. I was wrong. I'm sorry. September 9th is Breaking Benjamin and Five Finger Death Punch. Thank you, Bill, for tweeting that in. August 6th will be Avenged Sevenfold and Prophets of Rage, which I didn't know they were playing that. I actually bartended the Prophets of Rage show at the Agora. Now, I thought the album was a little lackluster, but you go see it live, and they were fantastic. I mean, dude, they ripped the roof off of the Agora that night when Prophets of Rage played. And as a matter of fact, dude, I got really lucky that night. Because I was the one, I was like the one bartender working inside, like the actual venue where they played. I mean, the Agora's got like multiple right. points of sale. I was actually working like pretty much right in front of the stage, and I had to set up the bar early enough to where I watched them run through their entire sound check. Like they took my phone when I got there that morning. They were like, "Dude, just do give us the phone. No photos, no recording, no nothing." But I actually got to watch the entire Prophets of Rage sound. It was just me and those dudes, and it was like. This is one of the coolest things I've ever done in my life. They're really good. I didn't know that they were playing that Event Sevenfold show. That'll be a damn good show. I can't wait to go to that. As a matter of fact, once I once I locked down that interview with M Shadows yesterday, I hadn't really listened to the new Event Sevenfold. Like I hadn't really heard the whole new album. I I have not. I it, know I haven't. It's called The Stage, I think is what it was. And so I pulled it up on iHeartRadio, because all my favorite artists, all my favorite stations are all right there on iHeartRadio. They are all free. Okay. I can do that. I'm sure there's 24 more seconds I'm supposed to have on that, but sorry, dude, you're not getting it. No, it's not 24 more seconds. It's 20 billion more dollars worth of that is what you have to do, buddy. There we go. Financial experts over here (laughs) that we are. But I listened to the new Avenged Sevenfold record yesterday, dude, and again, as a guy who gets constantly told how he likes nothing, hates everything, just hates on everything because he's so crotchety. Dude, the new Event Sevenfold, if you like them, pretty good. Like, it was like, I mean, I'm not like, this is the greatest album ever. But it was like, damn, dude, this is still all right. Because, dude, this is how old I am yesterday. I didn't know. Like, I, so when I stream iHeartRadio at home, I do it through my Xbox. Right? I just, I I get the app or whatever. But then I pulled up Call of Duty and I figured it was going to shut the iHeartRadio off. And it didn't. 
and it just ran it in the background as I was playing it. I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, I was always shutting that off and then, like, putting on using my phone, and now I didn't have to do that. So I listened to the, I pretty much listened to the whole album yesterday. It's pretty man, good. Oh, iHeartRadio, just getting it done, dude. Whatever streaming device you have, we've got an answer Alexa, for it. play oh, it. Play it. Play it right now, idiot. All right. I, I, I don't want to spend a ton of time on this, so this is why I did a couple of other things before getting into it. Okay. But apparently now, Stormy Daniels, the porn star that had slept with Donald Trump years ago, who I guess got paid off like 130 grand, not to tell her story and that whole thing, and it's been going back and more and back and more and back and more. Her lawyer was on Morning Joe this morning, which I believe is carried by MSNBC. Yep. And um, her lawyer claiming now she was physically threatened to keep quiet about the affair with Donald Trump. Niche. About the sex with Donald Trump. Now, I did not see the interview on Morning Joe myself. I have only seen the tweet of the Morning Joe account telling me that's what the lawyer said. Now, I told you all of that so I could say this. I don't know who they claim physically threatened her. Yeah. Because what's going to happen now is... Is... If this ends up going further, this is speculation. This will be my guess. Stansbury's guess. Okay? But my guess will be if this continues to go further, what will happen is is that the Trump team and maybe even Trump himself will make the claim that somebody else was trying to handle it and they had no idea that she was being physically... Like, Trump's going to make the claim he didn't know somebody physically threatened her. Of course. Right? So that that's what I'm saying. I don't know who they're saying physically threatened her, if it was actually the president himself or not. And obviously with both of us, you know, not having seen this, I, I, I'll say, like, did he... Did somebody... So that could mean a dude in a MAGA hat, Right. You know what I mean? Like It might not, not even be a Trump team member. Even, yeah, you didn't even say, and I mean, we're going off of a tweet here, so the interview might have been a lot different, but you didn't even say within that information like that it was a member of the team. So if it's just some dude wearing a Make America Great Again hat, I, yeah. I, I can't hold Trump accountable for all that. Not at all. I also, again, Retards. this brings up a great thing, though, because it also didn't tell us when the physical threatening happened. So maybe it was right after the sex with him happened, which would be before the MAGA hats like would, would have been a thing. Or maybe it's right now. We don't know. All I'm telling you is I, I read this. This is what her lawyer is saying, too, by the way. We don't have any real information on that, but it will be interesting to see what comes out of that. Dude, if, 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 if this is it, if this is the thing that brings the Teflon Don down, talking President Trump, homie, the guy see, that just couldn't just, 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 just brush it off, Heisman him, get off of me, like uh, the dirt off his shoulder constantly, and then banging a porn star is what brings this guy down, I'm going to be floored. I was going to say, dude, he shakes haters better than any rapper I've ever seen. Right, dude. Like, better. Right. And, dude, sex with a porn star would have tanked most presidents. But again, this is the I like soldiers who didn't get captured guy. Right, right. Grab him by the vagina guy. Like, I, I just, you're right, because this scandal would have taken most people down. But if this is the thing that takes him down, it will be interesting because he has survived so much. How is it possible that the president that, that, that the media hates the most gets away with the most? Or has gotten away. Like, how is that? Because normally it's the media who gets a piece of information, drives it into the ground, and changes our opinion. And yet, that's kind of what's happened with the Trump thing, and people dig their heels in. 
It's very strange. It's very interesting. It's a weird time to be alive, dude. It is a very a weird, weird time, time to be alive. Dude. But we do have live streaming of the PGA tournament oh, on Twitter. It is. Get it going. So it's a great time to be alive. Leaders are at eight under. Tiger at four. Tees off at one oh eight. Your best David Faraday impression. <laughs> Next on Rock 1069. The Stansberry Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock 1069. 1069. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. Rock 1069. Pass out that thousand dollars here momentarily. They shut down my Twitter feed of the live golf tournament. Son Phantom. Of a bitch. They shut it down. What they are we going to do for the next hour? They stopped the live feed. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's a good question. <laughs> what indeed? Tomorrow, Shamrock Shenanigans. Fantone and I will be out for St. Patrick's Day. We'll start our morning off at Lobie's. That will be at 10 a.m. We'll be out there till about 1130. Then at noon, we'll be at TD's Tailgate Grill on West Husk. Be there till about 1.30. And then from 2 till 3.30, we will be at Falcone's Tavern, also on West Husk. First 50 people through the door at each location get a Stansbury Show pint glass. They are here in the building, so I know we will have them. Well, there is a chance we'll forget to put them in the van. Fingers crossed. There is there is a chance. I could see us loading up, going to the locations. Not Son out. of a bitch. We uh we got to come up with a game plan for that I believe still my friend we got to figure out what we're doing when what, you know when are, when's our departure time are we meeting are we driving who's driving the van what's going on there well we I thought we established that you kind of are probably going to be the DD because you have yeah. to work the charge that night and I cannot go to a charge game drunk I know some people are going to be like dude whatever you can go out there and be drunk and no I cannot last one of the year bro no I cannot. It's fan appreciation night. You don't think they're going to appreciate a hammered phantom? All I do is yell, Canton, Ohio, make some noise. I mean, I guess I could do that drunk, right? No, it's not a good idea. I know where I'm at. So, so I'll be DD in it. I'll be DD in it. So right. I think what I'm going to do is I'm just going to meet you. Okay. At Lobie's. Okay. And then um, what I'll do is I'll ride in the van with you all day. I'll Uber home. All right. And then I'll have somebody take me to get my car at, at, at a time when I'm sober to drive it. Okay. Well, there we go. Now we got a plan. I think that's the plan. I wonder if I'm going to be in trouble for having beers tomorrow. Yeah, well, what's going to happen? Well, I could be fired. Yeah. <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah, you could be. That part's not going to be great. Did you see this thing about Floyd Mayweather? What's the story here? Mayweather claims he's going to officially start his training sometime soon mm-hmm. but he says he would put his wrestling skills at about a seven right now and that mayweather mcgregor too it will be on like this is going to happen now why would anybody buy this fight again like i got buying it the first time i wanted to see it the first time i got it there was enough well maybe connor's got a puncher's chance in it right but if they actually do this thing in a cage, which I don't think they're going to do, I think in the end it's going to be, yeah, we'll get everybody sucked into the idea of that, and then next thing you know they're going to end up fighting in a boxing ring again. That would be my guess. Um, but, dude, if you put him in an octagon with Conor McGregor, he's going to get dismembered. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be, and that's exactly why people would buy this fight. That is 100% reason why. Not because that he has any chance of winning that fight, because they would want to watch Floyd Money Mayweather get his ass kicked. That's 100% the sell. That's interesting, because I, and I full-on recognize the greatness of Floyd Mayweather. He's fantastic. He's probably the best defensive boxer we have ever seen. 
It's not a power puncher, but he's probably the best defensive boxer we've ever seen. He is fantastic, but I effing hate him. Like, I hate Floyd Mayweather. I would want to hang out with him. Like, if we were, like, you know, rolling craps in Vegas, I'd be like, yeah, dude, Floyd's kind of cool. But, like, when I, when I see him on TV, like, he just makes me want to choke the life out of him. I know I'm incapable of doing it. No, yeah, he Don't not even be able to tweet do it, dicks. I know. Yeah, you're fat ass, it's very, but no, I mean, and that's, but that's the whole point is I think a ton of dudes feel the exact same way you do. And to Worth watch, 60 bucks. to watch a guy, to watch a guy who was undefeated in his career, who was as brash as could humanly possible be, or possibly be, and a guy who beat his wife in front of his kids. Um, I think oh, there's, yeah. I think there's plenty of people who would watch that alone. Alone just to see him get you know dismembered in in the octagon there, huh? I would not. Yeah, I would. I would probably pay to see. Yeah, that. you would. I yeah, would pay would. to see that. Um, I if they fought in a ring again, would you have any interest in that? Ah, uh, no. I mean, honestly, I didn't. I, I mean, I, I watched the Facebook highlights on. You know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't even that alone wasn't enough to get me involved. So like. I'm out on that. I mean, I'd be out if, on that. But here's too. the thing, dude: is he's not doing that, and it's not going to happen. And like he says, okay, well, yeah, I'm going to start training for it, but he's not going to do it. There's no way. What's the draw for him? I mean, other than a gross amount of money. But like, dude, you've got a 50 and 0 record. You won the last one out. What What are you coming back for? What are you putting all that on the line for? I mean, the guy rents a private plane to fly his luggage on. He flies on a private plane, and then another one flies behind him with the luggage. Like, dude, he's burning through cash at an alarming rate. So the money, I could see it. Yeah, but he's got that money to do it. And I don't know if he necessarily understands the fact that, like, yo, you can't keep doing this without, you know, the continued draw of, of, of you being out in the ring. Um, I, I don't see it, man. I really don't. I, uh, I don't see them UFC fighting. I can't see it. I think that fight would be way i mean they made the boxing match look closer than it was i mean if you go back and watch it floyd toyed with him for 3 rounds i mean he toyed with him now connor landed some hits he did he landed some punches and connor can punch but if you put them in an octagon i mean dude nate diaz is one of the toughest dudes walking the face of the planet that dude is a tough son of a bitch and what connor mcgregor did to him in that fight that second fight it was like I mean, dude, you, I think that fight could have been called either way. I was fine with McGregor winning it. I feel like you could have called it either way. But, dude, he bloodied Nate Diaz's face all up. I mean, dude, that thing was brutal by the end of it. And Nate is trained on how to fight a guy like Conor McGregor. And Floyd Mayweather isn't. I think inside of 30 seconds, that fight's over. It's just like, I mean, you've seen other dudes do this. Even Brock, but they'll toy with it. You got, you got Brock Lesnar, who made the transition pretty successfully. But even his first fight out, and, and certainly CM Punk's first fight out, to go from one style of fighting into another, not, again. not an easy thing to do. Yeah, I saw that. But, I mean, after he got his ass handed to him by a, by a no-name, if I remember correctly. And if Brock, yes. And if, well, yes, more so. So than not for most people, yes. I think the Brock Lesnar, if he did not have the size, that story of the UFC does not go that way. He's just a freak and was a classically trained wrestler. Like he did have skills that could help you in a UFC ring, but I think his size is what really did. I think even big men get into a cage with Lesnar and go, "Oh God, this dude's bigger. This guy's much bigger than I thought." Stipe versus Brock. That'd be pretty. 
Nope, I'd watch that. I'd pay money for that. That's 60 that's, bucks I'd give. That's a fight I would pay 60 bucks and a heartbeat for, would be Stipe versus Brock Lesnar. I would absolutely love that fight. I don't think you see Mayweather McGregor in a cage. We do have $1,000 for you. Your keyword is coming to you right now. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword money to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's money to 200-200. Rock 106.69. Welcome back to the Sands Show. We have uh, some warrant tickets. I want to make sure I get this right. It's... Jack Russell's Great White is playing with them. There too. it is. I kept saying Jack White's Great Russell all week, but it. But I'm telling you, it is in fact Jack Russell's Great White playing with Warrants on the 23rd at the Hard Rock. Jack White mightn't have a new side project. You know what I mean? He's always doing stuff. You never know. Great Russell? I feel like that could totally be the name of a Jack White <laughs> side project, too. I don't even feel like that's a stretch. Not at all. I have a... Uh... I was a bigger, I believe, Tours fan than I was White Stripes fan. I like both a lot. Yeah. I, I like the style of music that that is. I'm a big Black Keys fan. I like all, I like anything that kind of sounds like that. I'm a huge fan of. But I was, um, I like the Tours. I think, better than the White Stripes, personally. This next story out of the Canton Repository, CantonRep.com. I love this. This is, um, this just goes to show you that when two people are splitting up, that the pettiness that can ensue when trying to like break up with somebody, I mean, it's crazy what can happen. Brings out the worst of all of us, dude. There's no question about it. Um, even like short relationships, I feel like bring out ugly sides. But the further you go down the rabbit hole, the uglier it's going to be on that on that come up. And I, 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 I'd be a liar to say that it hasn't done it to me and pretty much everyone I know. Every single person I know, nobody's exempt from that. So police were called around 3 o'clock Thursday to the home that the couple had been sharing. This was on 3rd Street Northwest. The boyfriend of the 31-year-old woman was moving out of the house. Okay. Now, they had to arrest her on a misdemeanor charge of, of obstructing official business after she became irate and uncooperative and threatened to throw an Xbox game system at the ex-boyfriend. Police said she also hid the games for the system. (laughs) It's so funny, dude. She hid the games for the system. Jail records did not indicate whether or not she had hidden the games before or after he decided to move out. My guess is, bitch, I'm leaving. Oh, yeah? I'm keeping Madden. I'm guessing that's how that went. Um, Or a very real possibility of like, oh, my God, you won't stop playing video games. You need a job. Quit sitting around here smoking weed all day. I'm working. I'm the one who's bringing in all this money, and you're not helping out at all. So I'm going to leave now. She hides. She hides the video games. He gets pissed. I'm out of here. F you. Blah blah blah. Could be. Yeah, there's a million ways this one could go. But at the end of the day, it's still an Xbox to the dome. The jail records show that while police were at the scene, the woman refused repeated commands to cease her turbulent behavior. They're oh, calling it. Geez. Was arrested after she refused to stop interfering with the officers on scene and her soon-to-be ex-boyfriend. She remained in jail early this morning, held in lieu of $750 bond pending a Canton Municipal Court hearing. Now, here's the thing. Yeah. There's part of me that wants to go downtown today and bail her out. <laughs> okay, go find this shit. <laughs> like, there's part of me that's like, I got 750 bucks. <laughs> Come on, baby. Give me the story. Like, what Like what happened, right? Like, for 750 bucks, I could get a good laugh. Who knows? You might find your future Mrs. X Stansberry right Not if there. she's taking Xboxes <laughs> well, away from that's, dudes. That's what I'm saying, dude. This sounds like it could be one of your tales. Um, but I, I, Piece I, of tale. I, I will say, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I understand relationships when they're going south. It, things go south, and you get crazy, and you start doing things. But, like, this lady... 
the cops are there and they're telling you to do something in that moment. What are you doing? Here's how I know. Here's how I know she's guilty. Because there was an interaction between a man and a woman. The cops showed up and she She got arrested. She went to jail. That's how I know for sure she was guilty. Just the one more break. We'll get into that after hooking you up with these warrant tickets. And again, Jack Russell's great white. Great white. Yeah, Yeah. that's what it is. On the 23rd at the Hard Rock, we'll take caller 17 right now. 1-800-243-7625 on those. Be right back with more Sansbury Show. The Stansbury Show. Rock 106.969. And all I got to say is it's Friday. And everybody help me say the sinner's prayer. Say, oh, God. Oh, my man. Clint Parker. Melinda Brown Duncan, baby. I'll be there, and I will mow you down under my tires. I promise that. A friend of mine said to me the other day, why don't you write a song about all this NFL stuff? So... Here goes. It's called Kick the Dust Up. If if he were habitual homosexuals, then by all means, take a hike. I thought I like women. Women, 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 women. And here he is, having the time of his life. This is big brain It is, other than jazz, it's the only other real American art form there is. There's a dirty little secret. I've said that if Melinda Brown Duncan, baby. If it weren't my daughter, perhaps I'd be dating her. But he gotta eat the booty like groceries. You gonna die doing this dumb ass yeah. fucking fool? Open your mouth like I give you this milk. Open your fucking mouth, man. I gotta do you like my two-year-old baby. The truth of the matter is, you were not a good baby. Well, you ain't seen nothing, my friend, until you have a flame coming out of your butthole and you need an asbestos diaper. To be able to keep that flame from burning a hole in your pants, you ain't seen nothing yet. And I don't know nothing about it, but I learned quick, fast, and hurt. They call her Melinda Brown Duncan, baby. What? Yeah, it's, it's for real, for real, yeah. I've been drinking. You told me to leave while I'm in my order while you're making out with that slut. Being in the industry with how much you take on your face. Bam, all upside his head, just slap him. That's gonna make you slap somebody. This is terrible. So kiss my black not okay. Make fun of my nose. They call me ugly. They say I have no friends. What do I get? I was like a peck. Watching other guys that are doing what I want to be doing, and I'm sitting on the couch being a loser. I just want to say thank you to all the Browns fans out there. It's been an amazing ride for the last 11 years. From the moment I was drafted, you guys had my back. You guys showed me what it was like to be a Clevelander. You guys showed me what it means to be a Cleveland Brown. And for that, I'm forever grateful. One last thing, guys. Go Browns! Welcome back to the Stansman Show. I'm Rock 1069. There, there you hear Joe Thomas. Little uh, retirement thing there. I think he's jumping off the boat early, man. I know I'm a, I'm a Browns pessimist normally, but I think like he's jumping off the boat early. Although I will say this. I saw an ESPN guy yesterday say that the Browns win minimum. Minimum. Eight games next year. Eight. Mm. Eight, bro. Mm. Next year. Without, minimum. Without even knowing who they're drafting. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a little premature. Are the Browns considerably better than they were last year? Yes. 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 Here, but, but, but here's the thing, though. We've been in this very position before, though. We have been in this position where we've gotten a quarterback that's shown signs of life in other places. And I hope this doesn't happen. Okay? But isn't it possible... The Jarvis Landry becomes Dwayne Bowe here. 
becomes yes. Kenny Britt here? Yes. Isn't it possible that those things happen? So as I'm going to be optimistic about this and think that they have gotten better and that they are on the road to being much, much better, I'm not going to go overboard. And I think... I don't know if Vegas has put the win-loss total out yet. They probably won't until after the draft. That's probably a good point. But my guess is the Browns are probably four wins next year, which I'll take. Yes, of course. I mean, when you go from one win over the course of two seasons, four wins is going to feel like a a lot. lot, No question about it. Um, But you don't even know. Like, I mean, that dude from ESPN doesn't even know who the rest of the NFL drafts, let alone who the Browns draft, to to, to just eight wins. Like, are you just pulling numbers out of your ass? I mean, what if they go all defense in the first round? Is that going to change your opinion? What if they go all offense in the first round? You know what I mean? Like, it's you're right. Right. You got to see what they do. Huge, huge difference there. If the Browns take, you know, Sam Darnold and say, hey, you're sitting for a year versus taking, you know, uh, Saquon Barkley, who's uh, we're going to say, hey, you're going out there. Every right. week, every down, you know that uh, Bradley Chubb, like we uh, just literally pulling numbers out of your ass, right? There. They think because they added, you know, a quarterback, a couple of wide receivers, a running back. I mean, dude, they did. Re- I mean, you got to give Dorsey this, right? What was the problem last year? Offensive production. What did he do? He overhauled the entire offense before the draft, even. So I like it, but I would slow down on eight wins. That's a lot. It's a lot, especially with Big Joe not being out there. Come on. thats uh, I don't think it's eight. I think it's four, maybe, and I think that that's good. I think that's a very good start. We uh, we had Munch on the broadcast earlier today, as we do every Friday, and he put Joe Thomas in the top five Cleveland athletes of all time, which I thought was something. I mean, dude, you've got, high. you've got guys who are legit in the argument of the greatest of all time. I mean, you got Jim Brown, you got LeBron James. I know Stipe has, has made his claim for being one of the greats of all time. I mean, Omar Vizquel is an all-time great shortstop. I don't, I don't think that's debatable, but Joe belongs right up in that conversation, right? Top five. Let me think on this for a couple of minutes. Let me let, let's let, let's see if we can do this. Better at his position than Manny Ramirez at his. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going with Joe Thomas over over Manny. See what makes this hard is Manny won so much in an Indians uniform, though. You know what I mean? Where Joe hasn't won any. I mean, right. It, you know well, what I mean? And that makes it hard. It does. Now, it although baseball is as much of a team sport as Yeah, as that's what I was going to say. Is that's why I make the argument against Joe Thomas all the time. Is like your greatness didn't translate into winning, but that can't be. It's a part of the equation, but it can't be it the can't only be part. All it can't it. be the only part. All right. Is there a recent Indian who's been better at their position than Joe Thomas was at his? I mean, how do we know? I mean, here's the thing. Like... I know the 10 Pro Bowls is impressive. But he also, I mean, dude, he got a ton of quarterbacks hurt. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, right? I mean, dude, I mean, dude, a ton of quarterbacks got their got their legs broke. I mean, all kind of stuff while being protected by that guy. So, like, do we really know? I, I mean, there's plenty There's plenty of guys, dude. There's Bob Fellers in the equation. You've yeah. got Otto Graham in the equation. I mean, it, it, it feels frustrating because it's like Joe just couldn't. Dude, what about Dante Lavelli? Couldn't couldn't translate his greatness into team greatness, but like he's got to be he's got to be on the short list. He does. He's probably top five Cleveland athlete. Top all time. ten for sure, right? Better at their position, Joe Thomas, Joe Thomas, or Brad Doherty, Joe Thomas, Larry Nance. 
Joe Thomas. Mark Price. Joe Thomas. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm very confident in saying all those. The real, the real conversations you're getting into here are Bob Feller, LeBron James, and, and, and Jim Brown. I, I really think he's in that rare air. I mean... I mean, give me Joe Thomas over Jim Tomey. It's also hard because the highlights of a left tackle are not highlights. Right. They're not. Right. It's a lot different to watch LeBron out there just thunder dunking is that Joe why, Thomas. Is that why it feels like the worlds of separation between LeBron and Joe Thomas are like honestly like light years wide? Like, is that why it feels so different? Because it feels to me like LeBron's in a completely different class than Joe Thomas. Now, the difference there is that nobody's going to make the argument that Joe Thomas is the greatest football player of all time. You'll make the argument he's the greatest left tackle of all time. Nobody talks about LeBron as, well, he's the best three of all time. Everyone talks about LeBron as the greatest basketball player Nick's of all time. bringing this one up, and this is the name that came top of my mind, too, and I was, I was saving it. I was back-pocketing it, but Nick and I agree. What about Jim Tomey? I'll take Joe Thomas over Jim Tomey. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I think there's an argument there. I think there's I think there's a I think there's a real conversation there. I do I mean, if I'm picking my who I think in my life, it's hard for me to put perspective on Bob Feller just because I'm so young. Right. Well, not so young, but like it's he that was before my time. If I'm picking an Indian, I'm picking I'm picking Omar over I'm picking Jim Tomey. Yeah, Omar was something else. Yeah, he was. He was something else. God, for a sports town, I just could never get it done, dude. Here we are listening to all these like elite athletes, like some of the some in the guys in the argument of the greatest of all time and won championships. That's it. That's it. That's all you can get. I mean, he's gonna have a statue outside of the stadium, Joe Thomas, right? Why? What else is the Brown what else are the Browns embracing? Like, yes, you have to. And not only is it like Yes, you're you're obviously one of the greatest players in our franchise's history, but a, a legit great dude. You know what I'm saying? He is Where a you've good got person. you've got the you've got the arguments against That's Jim true. Brown. You've got the arguments. I'm like, eh, I don't know. Should we put a trophy of him up, Big Joe? Why, why not? That's true. He was a legitimate good person, um, and that helps. It definitely helps when you're closing the history books on somebody. I'm not trying to knock Joe Thomas down. I love him. no. I think he's a I think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. I think he'll skate, but I top five. Now, this is what will be interesting. As great as Joe Thomas is, yeah. if I send him to other markets where they have three sports teams, yeah, I, uh, I don't think Joe Thomas is in the top five greatest athletes of that market's tenure. I mean, Chicago? Highly, highly regarded as, as the best left tackle ever. I mean, yes, you've, you've got other arguments there, but I don't know. I still think Joe gets up there. This is a good one right here. Mark tweets in, Corey Kluber. I don't think Kluber has been dominant for long enough. In, in, in and turn, the playoff meltdown is going to come into it. And turned it into what? I mean, he melted I think, down. I think he has potential to to you know further further his argument there. I just don't think it's there yet. I'm going to ask Albert Bell. The corking in the bat's going to do it just weighed too much down on that. Not, didn't, plus, didn't he try to drive somebody over with his car? Well, but even aside from that, just not nearly as dominant as the other guys that we're talking about so. on this list. Yeah. Albert Bell, phenomenal ba- our baseball player. but He was it, so it, fun to watch. Albert was so fun to watch. He I'm, was great. And at this point, too, you have to separate your favorite player because I loved Carlos Baerga, but I'm not going to be like, yo, Carlos, put him on the GOAT list. Yeah, I mean, Kenny Lofton was my favorite Indian, but right. he's not a top five you know, Cleveland, Cleveland athlete. athlete. No, that that is true. I loved Kenny Lofton. Huh. Yeah, he's probably top five there. Joe Thomas. Top well ten done. for sure. Top yeah. ten. Dude, you're talking Ohio. Dude, you're talking Cleveland athletes top ten. He's a shoe in for the top ten.
Just a reminder, Shamrock Shenanigans, our, uh, our bar crawl for St. Patrick's Day is tomorrow. We'll start 10 a.m. at Lobie's. Then at noon, you'll be able to find us at TD's on West Husk. And then at 2, we'll be at Falcone's Tavern, also on West Husk. All that information can be found at WRQK.com. I can tell you this. The first 50 people through the door at each location do get a Sands Ray Show pint class. Come get drunk with us, dude. Come get drunk. Dude, tomorrow's the day. I have not had I have not cheat mealed in three weeks. I'm letting the horse out of the barn tomorrow and do your boy is eating corned beef sandwiches. Might want to keep that horse in the barn until after we leave the establishment. Zipper down. No, zipper up. Dude, I'm telling you, as soon as the Reuben is placed in front of me on the table, zipper down. Stop it. That's how you eat Reubens. You didn't know that? It's not. You pull your Reuben out and then you eat then you eat the Reuben brought to you. TDs will not approve of that, dude. I'm telling you. I know at least one TD staff member that would. It's not me. I do know of one that would. All right. We do have Canton Charge tickets. These are for tomorrow night uh, for fan appreciation. We do want to thank the Charge. They are a uh, dear partner of ours, and we partner up with them um, every season, and we're happy to do so. It is fan appreciation night tomorrow night. They're going to be blowing out pretty much everything in the prize closet. Yep. So let's send you right now. We'll take caller 20, 1-800-243-7625 on those. Teresa will get you hooked up with $1,000 at 1010 this morning. Aside from that, we'll talk to you again Monday morning, 6 a.m. live on Rock 106.9. You guys have a great, safe, safe weekend. Tomorrow, St. Patrick's Day. You know the cops are going to be out tonight, tomorrow night, and all that. Uber, Lyft, call a friend, do whatever you got to do. Home. Save yourself the ten grand. Trust me, trust me, trust me. It's not worth it. We'll talk to you guys again Monday morning, 6 a.m. on Rock 106.9. Have a great weekend. See you. Hobie Boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 1069.